Zero Hours, Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero Hours! Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians and creatives about the best and worst jobs that they've had to do to get by. Today I'm joined by actor, comedian and writer, Georgie Morrell. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming all the way to the studio. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the bedroom studio uh, that we've yeah. <laughs> living and working from such a glamorous life it is it's so good. do you remember when we used to do these and we'd actually go to each other's houses I know right and if it was like somebody whose house you never like been to before for me it was quite the event yeah to see how some of our fellow comedians and that live and um quite frankly I'm disgusted but not surprised exactly (laughs) I miss that element yeah I want to see the squalor that they live in and feel better about myself (laughs) yeah or turn up to someone's house and you're like oh my god you said you were poor yeah (laughs) oh my god you have three floors what the fuck garden (laughs) you live here alone (laughs) you bastard (laughs) and then if you didn't know the guy very well if it was a male you just take the risk that you might get assaulted yeah or like be like oh yeah sorry I was just meeting my friend in the area and I said that they could come around too yeah Um, I told my dad where I'm gonna be and what time (laughs) (laughs) I do need to be gone by one so (laughs) my massive dad's picking me up oh the police will come I go to I love I go to dad instead of boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) it says so much about my boyfriend doesn't it I know dad you'll rescue me (laughs) do you not think that your boyfriend could rescue you my boyfriend couldn't save me, um, not for want of trying. He oh. would just sort of bamboozle them with uh, annoying dad jokes and impressions he can do, and hopefully that would do it, which it wouldn't. I, I'd be as, as good as assaulted. <laughs> and then he'd call your dad. And then he'd call my dad, Tony, can you come sort this out? <laughs> <laughs> I tried, but I truly I did. Oh, my God, I don't even say. My eldest brother's a police officer. He's not wow. even who I think to go to. <laughs> always daddy who's a housing surveyor (laughs) to be fair I mean the police are there to solve crimes not not especially prevent them right not really no they're sort of there when it's happened and to see what justice can be can be done Um, but my my brother's job to me is the most fascinating job because of the fucking idiots he deals with most of his job is just stupid people who can't, who've got the brains to just figure out a problem. Oh, okay, I love it. Are you allowed to say, I know that this is not about your jobs, but have you got any golden tales? Um, he had one Christmas. So he lived with my mum and dad for a bit when he first joined the force and he had to work Christmas. He did like Christmas Eve into Christmas Day. And then came back, went to sleep, and we were fucking waiting so he could open presents and have Christmas lunch and that for Joe to get up. I don't remember presents. And he finally did. We had Christmas lunch. We were like, oh, God, how was last night? Tell us everything. And he was like, yeah, I had to deal with a um, domestic, which is most of what he does. And it was an argument between a father and son. And the son hit the dad over the head with a radiator. Wow. All right. Yeah. And, and Joe had to clear up and take the pictures of the blood and stuff. It wasn't like attached to the wall and he wrenched it off. It was just like it already been removed and was just leaning against it. So that's the sort of shit yeah. that he was in to begin with. Right. And um, and that was the nearest thing. And he hits him with that. Uh-huh. Um, and then a woman once this one I did particularly like she um, they went around to arrest her son. He had been uh, caught on CCTV um, shoplifting. Mm-hmm. and uh they went in and they were like right is your son here and she was like no no I don't I, I don't know what you're talking about they're like your son and there's a picture of the lad on a mantelpiece behind her <laughs> they're like so look at the picture of this guy and that guy and his his copper mate who he was with he got the giggles and had to walk out of the room <laughs> <laughs> she's like what do you do to that when someone's just lying to you so shit-faced like that just like right okay bye <laughs> I'm so sorry that picture came with the frame um, I know right yeah, it's just a, an incredible coincidence I have no son <laughs> who's, who's that man in the room no one <laughs> yeah no one <laughs> I don't see him uh, I, I would have um, I'd have been more impressed if that person had managed to tear a radiator off the wall I would have too that would have been more fun yeah, I could have had some respect 
actor, not for the act, but just because we've all felt that angry, haven't we? That you could rip a radiator off and batter someone over the head of it. Absolutely. There's something quite um, liberating about that as well, I think. Mm. Yeah. Get it out of the system. Mm. Have a massive leak. Yeah, Yeah, and then your living room will be cold and wet. Time for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, one and all. (laughs) Just as the good Lord above intended. (laughs) Um, I I feel like we should probably talk about your worst jobs. All right. Um, And in fairness, I'm assuming that that isn't your brother's worst job. I I hope not, because he's still doing it. Yeah. Um, so that would make me sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, what's your worst job been? I think, and it's there's a lot of competition, because <laughs> I moved to London when I was 18. I went to university and then drama school. So, you know, to live in the most expensive city in the world, you've got to work every hour that God gives. So I did a lot of waitressing. However, mm-hmm. I, don't, I look back now and I can't believe like cocktail waitressing I did in nightclubs and stuff, just ridiculous hours on my feet. And I look back and I'm like, my God, I couldn't do that. I did that. I once looked after, uh, uh, my first job was in an animal rescue center, looking after dogs in kennels. Oh. Um, but the worst one has to be now. Can I say company names? I mean, I don't feel like this podcast is big enough for any <laughs> company. <laughs> uh to uh to complain really so fucking do I mean it. so fucking do it there's a company called hello fresh do you know hello fresh I've heard of hello fresh hello fresh up there with like gusto and uh I think there's another one out there as well I don't I had to get as much money as I could to do Edinburgh Fringe in 2017 which by mm-hmm. the way was a fucking disaster my show sucked I had a terrible time a valuable lesson learned oh no and so I got a mate of mine helping get a job at HelloFresh and she made it sound like it was awesome. Like we have like beers on a Friday and you get discounts and everyone there's like really cool. It was fucking hell. It was yeah. hipster hell as well. All hipsters there, all hipsters running it. They didn't have a clue. And I was in the complaints department and I've never known a company get as many complaints as they did. <laughs> And unfortunately, the type of person who buys HelloFresh, who subscribes to it, is a particular type of white upper middle class wanker. Mm-hmm. So when and they are the worst complainers when they complain, it's really a lot of trouble. And it's usually like busy mums as well. So they're already like fried and they've had enough and they're not used to ever having anything go wrong and this sort of shit. And some of the great ones were a lot of the time the complaints were about what the couriers had done. And it would be like delivering the box. You get your box each week and it's got all your ingredients in it for however many meals. And some of them, if they couldn't, if nobody was in to deliver it to, they would just throw it over fences. (laughs) (laughs) And just the image that creates someone in their garden. (laughs) Hey, you got your box. What do you want? (laughs) There was one courier, though, who I have all the respect in the world for. And he... um, what happened was is we got a complaint committee just like hi I'm, I'm so sorry to ring and have to complain but this is just not good enough on the outside of the cardboard box it was covered in blood oh my god and she said and there's no red meat inside I don't know where this has come from I was like uh lol hold and then went over to the curry a lot and I was like I don't know what has happened here but we might have to call the police <laughs> <laughs> it might be evidence and then because it's then they hire other companies to be the couriers. It's not like in-house. Um, it, everything is outsourced. So they have to then get on the hold to Hermes or DPD or whoever it is. They had like five. And you've got to track down these fucking couriers who are storming it around the country. What happened is, is you know the sliding doors on vans? Yeah. Courier had got it out, not moved his hand in time, oh, slid no. the door onto his hand, then bled onto the box but still delivered the box before taking himself to A&E. Oh, he's a professional. Unsung heroes, curious <laughs> they can be. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, there was actually quite a serious thing that happened at HelloFresh. Mm. This could get us sued if they listen to it. Yeah. But I'm going to put it in anyway because it was bad. So as I said, it was a lot of hipsters running it who are dangerously underqualified for some areas of the job. 
and they would oh by the way it was in a basement in Shoreditch and we were and on the floor that had all the windows on the ground floor that everyone could see into they had like test kitchens so like the chefs would be this of whipping stuff up and then they just kick us down to the basement Mm -hmm. strap us to the phones we got free cereal I really like cereal so what are you gonna do yeah and um we had a cool I worked a Sunday morning shift starting at like seven and um, we had a call come in from uh, a woman with each recipe that you get, you get a little card that breaks down all the um, uh, like the calories and the sugar content and the fat. And it's, it's all supposed to be healthy. And, shit. and um, she had calculated it to um, calculate her daughter, her granddaughter's insulin. She's type one diabetic as what was on the card, as you have to with diabetes the nutritional value on it was wrong and the kid ended up in intensive care because the insulin wasn't the right amount sure. we had this call come through and we were it was sunday morning we're all hung over and it's shit and it comes through and i just see one of the girls she's like i have no idea put this woman on hold i have no idea what to do she took it straight to her manager the manager's face and i was like you're fucked yeah <laughs> they are getting so sued and um, thankfully the kid was all right in the end, but it just went, it got passed on. It did the rounds around the office. Everyone knew about it. And then it just went, shh, dumb. it went yeah. so quiet. So I think they settled it out of court. Yeah. What part <laughs> of the complaints handbook do you look at for that one? <laughs> like 10 of us flicking through it. Like, um, do we offer a free box or some credit on the next one? <laughs> Would that be all right? No, all right. <laughs> How much free stuff will make this okay? Yeah, will make this go away. <laughs> Ten apples, twenty apples. <laughs> oh my god! We'll do the Easter box special, and the um, oh we, that was what we would do whenever complaints come in. You never refunded unless you really had to. You just always added credit so that they didn't lose customers. But I've got a point to it when I I considered myself to be good at the job in my eyes in terms of in in terms of humanity because when people rung up and they had a legit complaint like the prawns are off blood on my box whatever box (laughs) hit me in the face don't know why (laughs) didn't even order it I would um I just I just smack right I just go yeah that's appalling service here's your credit go on with your life it was nice to chat but that was not the what HelloFresh wanted obviously they're like no you've got to sort of you know hold your own a bit and I was like fuck off man and um they used to, it was, it's a subscription as well. This is where they get you. So when you subscribe, you get like your first box free, mm-hmm. but the subscription ties you in. So if you don't cancel it within like a week of when you signed up, then you get charged for the next lot. So every Wednesday morning, we knew that was when people's direct debit, it would go out. And then the phone lines would just go brumph red of people going, why have I got, why have I been charged 50 quid for this box? And you've got to explain the subscription thing to them. And it, it never goes down well no. because <laughs> basically you're calling them the idiot for not cancelling it and I found that very very difficult yeah I do you, is it not one of them that you can get used to though eventually I think you can if you're a certain type of person but I knew I had a time limit on that job I was there for right. three months I knew I was going to quit so I could go off and do the fringe and I had the money I needed so I did just sort of piss the job away Mm-hmm. and do what I wanted and when I got pulled in and said you can't keep doing this or that or you're not answering enough calls because you had to answer so many as well and respond to so many emails you had targets but if I ever find myself working in a job again that has targets fucking kill me mate please yeah. just take me out back and shoot me um and there were people that had been in it for years and they just would almost dial it in each time they knew exactly what to say and how to get one over on the customer I just don't I can't do it it just I feel dirty it would Mm -hmm. just sit on my conscience I don't consider myself a really good person if people knew what I really was like but with shit like that I just can't do it I'm I'm far too sensitive well I think the thing is it's there are because there are people who will complain about anything to get free shit and those people are the worst but there are other people like I would never complain about anything unless it was a genuine complaint like Mm. there appears to be blood on the product (laughs) in which case how can product is bleeding (laughs) yeah like how can you as a person then be like actually I think HelloFresh is doing great or like whatever it is Mm. you know you you have to 
surely the the thing that you do there is apologize and write it like you can't there is no spin on that no is there? I also I don't think I didn't wholly believe in the product either and I still don't um I think it is it's a dumbing down that I don't like in in our in our culture at the moment especially as there's been this like big push for people to eat better and take better care of themselves and shit like that. And I just think if you cannot do that within yourself and you need, because you literally get everything and it's tiny little sachets mm-hmm. and it's just so idiot proof. I just think, ah, oh, get alive. Or it's for like busy people who just don't have the time to think about a meal. It's like, what's wrong with you? How self-absorbed do you have to be? It just creates a certain culture that I don't, I don't like. Yeah. Do you use HelloFresh? Is that what's coming next? <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, no, I couldn't afford that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, it could be, uh, we, we could be talking about another, um, you know, food subscription service. Mm. Um, I feel like we should probably throw that in there as well, just in case <laughs> any of yes. the are listening. Yeah, um, we're sorry. Yeah, it, it might not have been um, them that we, we were talking about. Mm. Other terrible food subscription services are available. Yeah. <laughs> Other brands are available. Maybe they'll bleed on you. I don't know. Yeah. But so I think just back on, on the delivery drivers, though, like, I think... Um, you know, I remember reading an article where everyone was, you know, saying, like, be kinder to them because their working conditions are terrible, um, mm. which is true. But then one of them was like, why don't you, one of the suggestions of why don't you uh, see if they want to come in for a week, you know, like when they deliver stuff to your door. And I was like, what a weird question. Thank you for my parcel. Could sir use a pit? <laughs> Gee, we? <laughs> yeah, that, that was when that fella found, you know, he got a, a bottle, a Coke bottle of piss delivered to his house with his um, his meal. Do you remember that? No. What? no. <laughs> he was on Twitter and he was like, hey, Deliveroo. Oh, I might not have been Deliveroo. Uber, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, whatever delivery service it is. Can you uh, just tell me why I've got this two litre bottle of piss delivered with <laughs> with my meal um and everyone was like I can't believe you're being such an arsehole to that delivery driver he was probably really busy and it's like I don't know man he got he got a bottle of piss delivered to his house I'd, I'd, I'd be a little bit perturbed um yeah. I I find that interesting that yeah the defense is with you know so they've all of a sudden the delivery driver is the victim in this and it's like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's if he pissed in a bottle fine but the yeah. fact that he felt the need to deliver it to somebody is yeah. a conscious act that's not very nice. No. Very no, good. Um, um, so, how, yeah. I've, yeah. I forgot to ask you, how long do you want this to be and how many? I've got, I've got quite a few jobs. Oh, my good. God. Keep going. I mean, we roughly go for about an hour. Um, cool. But, like, I mean, let's fucking, let's fucking hear him. Let's rack him up, Georgia. What's your next one? My next one is I did for a period Saturday stage school teaching. Oh. It nearly killed me. Yeah. I did it for several different companies. I never lasted very long with them because I just, and I always went back to it though, out of glutton for punishment, like going back to that ex who treats you like shit. That was me in stage school teaching. I can only assume it was because the money was good because it is good money, mm-hmm. but there is just not enough in the world to ever get me to do it again. I'm not great with kids anyway. And I'm not saying that because it's funny or, you know, you know, a lot of women are just like, oh, I just don't like kids. And it's sort of like a thing they make. It's like, no, I just don't give a shit. If I, you know, if I wanted kids around me, I would have them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have two nephews who I see like twice a year. I find that's enough. And I just give them an expensive gift so mm-hmm. that they love me, just buy their love. And then one day, hopefully, if I need it, they can give me bone marrow or an organ. So that's yeah. Yeah. And um <laughs> yeah, they, they're rubbish. They can't they can't mix a martini for shit. It's just like <laughs> I'm disappointing you. I've been house trained. And um I 
so I don't, yeah, being with the kids anyway, that's, I find quite difficult. And I would teach like drama and acting with them. And of course, none of them can fucking act. None of them have yeah. any talent. Um, and you have to pretend that's not the case. They are all precocious little bastards. It's always in very upper middle class areas of London because to send to your send your little bastards to these things, so expensive. Yeah. It's hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And they don't, and it's more just to basically, the kids aren't good at anything else. Like they're shit at sports. They haven't got any mates. It's like, let's send them to fucking drama. That'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get, I, usually what happens is you get the kids and you're like, they're really precocious. Sometimes they're really badly behaved. And also there is, as we were talking earlier, this culture with parents of not really telling their kids off and making sure their kids always get what they want because they don't want to like give them like bad memories for when they're older. And it's like, then they're just going to be characterless, characterless little shits. Yeah. And that's what I got stuck with. And it was interesting when you would, uh, at the end of the day, you would like tell them all to, they'd all go home and you'd have a gin. And you'd sometimes meet the parents. You're like, oh, it makes sense now why they're a bastard because you're awful. Mm-hmm. And also the it was mainly women that run these um, schools and they were just always the worst human beings I've ever met. They overcharged. They would pocket so much money. Uh, they were totally unsympathetic. They never want, so they want you to teach there and have nothing else going on in your life. You have to be fully committed to this. Right. And the children's progression, you've really got to care. And uh, I was just so wrong for it. Um, and I was brought in at one school. They threw so much money at me. So we've got a really difficult class. Can you come in? And they, it nearly killed me because wow. they were so privileged like I once did a workshop in a PRU pupil referral unit Mm -hmm. and that is troubled children even though they were horrible and I'll never do it again I didn't mind that because I was like these kids have certainly got reason to be the way they are but this lot they were just privileged little bastards yeah who just treated you like shit really was that like because you were staff you're the staff exactly that's it it's exactly like that and I was like I'd love to see how like your mum or dad treat like waitresses or taxi drivers or their cleaner or something yeah because I bet that's where you get this from yeah um and the only only perk was sometimes there was a fit dad yeah and for some reason that really does it for me and I would make sure that their little Timmy uh, had done something that I had to discuss with him at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to have something to look at, isn't it? Yeah, in it, in it. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't line it up a little bit. It keeps keeps you going. So, what um, kind of things yeah. were you doing with them? Oh man, I was shit. I um, would just I would autopilot as well, and it was always on a Saturday, so yeah. you're always hungover to fuck. Yeah. Um, turn up stinking of boo it was raging hangover and I would just always do the same shit with them and most of the time it was uh right think of a word cool uh yeah that witchcraft that'll do go make up a play about it for 20 minutes and then wait and go to the toilet throw up have a couple of snacks and they were like right let's show each other all of them and I wouldn't I'd, I'd be watching it but I wasn't taking it in I was like yeah great next one doing them doing them cool that's filled an hour fuck off and die all of you and never see you again <laughs> that was what I did it was really really bad yeah um if parents knew that and what they were paying for and uh, that you would never send your kid to any of these again right. um you always got one weird kid as well and that was the kid who yeah no friends not good at sport nothing else probably slightly on the spectrum or something just a bit odd and I was just always worried that they were just going to burn down the school with all of us in it it was that sort of kid yeah um and I would also get um there was always a dance teacher as well so they would do like dance drama and singing and the dance teachers they are always just energy through the fucking roof constantly just like up here and um I have a bit of dancer envy because most like dancers are like fit and mm-hmm. healthy and and I can't dance for shit and um so I always just immediately hated them yeah Mm. and always one token gay guy as well teaching something as well yeah of course it was who usually was always a riot to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so um how long was it that you were doing that for I did it off and on for about eight years actually wow 
yeah I kept going back to it kept going back to it like that DJ with the neck tattoo when I was 18 you know just <laughs> kept going back to him oh. um because I mean, it was always good and it was always like one Saturday and I thought god if I can just do that whole Saturday and then that's it and always at the end of that Saturday I'd get so drunk because the stress levels just through the roof yeah oh there'd always be a screamer as well always one little kid who would just scream <sighs> such hard work yeah so how much of it do you feel like was teaching and how much of it was just childcare? Nor percent was teaching, 100% was childcare. It was so that mum and dad could go do the shop for the fucking weekend and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't teaching him shit. Um, part, I'm partly to blame for that. Uh, I'll live with it though. Yeah, totally. They should use that as a quote, a promo quote. I wasn't teaching him shit. <laughs> <laughs> Come to little stars. <laughs> You'd have to as well give them like a little fucking trophy as well. Oh. at the end of like each Saturday and I never learned their names never so I'm looking at these kids and I'm just like oh my god get it together I'm like you 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 slugger there you go <laughs> go on champ <laughs> yeah little winner there you go well done for that thing you do oh. <laughs> your dad's fit <laughs> <laughs> you get the biggest one you get the biggest one <laughs> so do you feel like any good came from that at all it all it did was reiterate what I already knew, but it really did cement it. Is I don't want children. I was also endlessly paranoid. One of them was going to give me nets. Yes, that was anytime I saw a kid scratching the head, I was like, I'm going to shave his fucking head. And I, <laughs> I mean, you're not supposed to like touch him anyway. <laughs> That's a rule. That's a rule. Don't touch kids. But it has been, I've noticed that has changed in recent years where it's like, you, like some of them would just come up and hug you because they're quite little. So it's sort of like right down there around your waist and you're just like, you're not supposed to like really hug them back. And so I'm just sort of there just like, no, 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 get off, get off, get off. I'm not going on a fucking list because of you. I mean, my career cancelled, little freeze. But every time they did, I would use so much. I mean, the last year is nothing. I used to do the anti-backing and all of that all the time when I was working there because they are just germ- factories it's incredible isn't it and I just don't want nets or scabies or a veruca no not again it'd be embarrassing at this point I know right imagine (laughs) that having to wear special socks I got fucking veruca or something nets as an adult Imagine if we gig together and that's the message you get the next day. Oh, sorry, guys, I've got nits. I might have given you all nits. Oh, you never, never work with me again. <laughs> no, honestly, worse <laughs> than sending the COVID text. I know, right? Oh, yeah, those. I, what I do now is I immediately leave the Facebook like chat for the groups. I'm like, don't want to know. Just don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good excuse to get out of stuff, isn't it? Oh, I'm just I'm waiting on a COVID test. Yeah, I've been pinged, mate. You don't even have the app. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Who asked you? Go away. Don't look at my phone. <laughs> Get around it. So what's, your phone. <laughs> what's next on the list of terrible jobs? So as I said, I did a lot of waitressing. And this is actually a bit dark. So every one of my waitressing jobs... I got sexually harassed more than I didn't. (laughs) It was because it was also a period. This was before the Me Too movement. I probably Mm. stopped waitressing in my mid 20s. I've um, I've got a bad knee and it just couldn't do it anymore. It's the physically demanding job. And there's two things I feel very strongly about in hospitality. I do feel that everybody in their life should do a customer facing job like that. Yeah. Because you will see what people are like and realize I don't want to be that prick. Mm-hmm. The way I've been spoken to and treated, yeah, like you are a servant, like you are faceless and of just you, you are just a robot to them. And that has to stop. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what I firmly believe in because that was really tough. And yeah, and when you've got a complaint face to face with somebody because their steak wasn't cooked right, it's just the worst. And they got to take it back to the chef, and they shout at you. And you're like, yeah. oh, fuck off, man! I'm just the messenger. Um, because they don't have to face them. Like in chefs, man, they get me started. 
Um, <laughs> you just cook food, just calm down, all right? You're not saving lives. Oh my um, God, I know, right? I swipe the other way on dating apps when I see they're a chef. You're right, so I dated a chef for a while and he ghosted me, Catherine. Uh, he ghosted me, Georgie Morale. <laughs> what? A chef. Know, right? Ghosted I've by met chefs. chefs. And none of them are that good. <laughs> they could do that. <laughs> I know, right? It's just like you're not that talented, bruv. Um, and but the I did it, I started in a pub when I was 16, a gastro pub nearby where I grew up. And the lads there, it never got like really serious, but just the constant low level comments about your tits mm-hmm. was formative I think to how I behaved into my 20s yeah and how I uh because I was a little bit of a slag in my 20s let's put it that way and I didn't almost put a value on myself mm-hmm. and just sort of put it about and I was a real shame they were they were good fun the guys and I I have a lot of male friends I like um I like the sort of the the pattern that you, you can get going with some guys but I look back and I'm like fuck why did I put up with that yeah why did I tell the fuck off and to meet me and know me now um people would be friends of mine would be shocked that I ever tolerated anything really that I didn't like (laughs) um (laughs) and uh the and then the only it stopped only because my brother started working now two older brothers not the copper this is the other one Sam he's about two and a half years older than me and it's because they were then winding him up using his fit sister um and in the end he had a go he just snapped at them and he just said, you know, absolutely not, this stops. And I was just like, that's, it was, it was good of my brother to do that. I was very, very proud of him. But I was like, it shouldn't have had to have come to that. that I've no. got to have my brother defend me. Yeah, I should have um, said something or made a formal complaint. Yeah, but um, it's sad that they'll listen to a man. Exactly. In a way that they would not have listened to you had you done that. I probably I'm always scared as well with those things that you'll end up they'll be like oh well she's no fun and then they go the other way and they actually make your life a misery yeah Uh, and they get bullied um Mm -hmm. as a result or you lose mates um which is fucked up and then from there I worked in a bar and then it, it a complaint did happen so there was one barman who was just a bit relentless with the comments and he also did something where I would uh, to get um, the little mixers out from the bar you sort of had to bend over to get to this shelf and every time I do it he would run from wherever he was on the bar and stand behind me and think it was hilarious mm-hmm. basically because he thought it looked like he was fucking me from behind and it's mm-hmm. like dude that's the only way you'll get to because I don't even want to fucking look at you and he I made a I made a passing comment about it and uh, it was one of the chefs actually overheard and um, he came up to me and he said that's not cool and he goes, do you want me to pass it on to management? And I, and I just didn't consider, I just didn't think about complaining. I just thought, just got to put up with it. So um, he did, he passed it on. And then I got called into the office. And I said, he goes, yeah, that isn't on. We will uh, address it. And um, by the, and it did stop. Um, and then I left anyway to move to London and go to university. So I thought no more of it. Yeah. I mean, it's good that they did something and that somebody saw it. But again, the fact that you are just in a position where you don't think that you'll mm. be listened to or there's no point or it's, oh, it just yeah. is what it is. It's sad, it just isn't shouldn't, it? Yeah, it just shouldn't come to that. And then the I worked for ages at a bar in Covent Garden, um, which wasn't too bad, but it was very, very well run. And by then I was in my early 20s, so I was a bit more confident, a hell of a lot more sassy. And um, uh, was also confident in the role. I knew what I was doing. And when I was working, it was my floor to run. Um, so I didn't have too many problems. Also, interestingly, those jobs were in sort of small town Berkshire where I grew up. Got to London and this was in the middle of central London. And it just didn't seem to, it was a classier place as well. It's quite expensive. And it just didn't sort of happen there. And I just wonder about that, the different sort of mentalities you get. Um, and then I did a little stint of cocktail HC and I had to go back to it. I was fucked for money. I really didn't want to, but I did. I wasn't very happy in my mid twenties. I was working through a lot of stuff and it happened again. I was, it was cocktail waitress in hipster bloody London. Yeah. And, um, I was out 
back uh, probably doing some cleaning uh, in glass wash or something and there was a guy a regular who used to come in and he was the lawyer of the owner weasel of a little man and um, he came back and he was really pissed and he tried to kiss me I said dude what the fuck are you doing absolutely not and he just sort of laughed and went off and I told one of the other cocktail waitresses I was quite shaken up by it and yeah. she uh, and she just goes oh yeah get used to it he does that and I was like I'm getting used to shit no I'm not not a fucking chance and he spent the rest of the shift staring at me and I was like I'm not having this however I still didn't complain I just quit yeah. I got gastric flu one night and I had to go home early and I just went I'm not going back to that place no and it was and I will carry that shame probably for the rest of my life that I didn't do anything about it and I should have I should have and then what's happened so this is bringing back so much that I remember I am um, was worried about telling my parents I'd quit because basically meant I was going to need a handout from my dad or something and he didn't have the money. Um, and I was back home for my mum and dad's for another reason. And I told mum, I said, look, I had to quit. There was this creepy guy there. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I said, can you please not tell dad or the boys? And of course, my mum can't keep a secret, immediately tells my dad. And the five of us were at the dinner table. And um, my dad is, um, uh, he does my confrontation. He rarely gets angry. He's a wonderful guy. Um, and he sort of turns to my brothers and he goes, uh, Joe, Sam, shall we pay a visit to this uh, this lawyer guy who uh, goes to the bar that Georgie used to work in? And Joe was like, what's this about being a police officer? I want you to know. And uh, she told dad, and uh, I was actually quite proud of my dad that he wanted to take my brothers to go kick his fucking head in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, daddy. Thank you. <laughs> and that's why he uh, is my protector when I think of who will be. I'll be daddy. Um. And uh, I kind of wish I had sent my brothers, actually. I think that guy, he, was, uh, he deserved a kick in. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. And it's like, it, it just, it shocks me that even, you know, people are like, oh, you know, uh, the world's equal, feminism's not necessary, it, you know, because you've got everything. And it's like, but the fact that somebody can be, you know, like aggressively sexual and it's just, oh, yeah. it's just how he is. just get used to it that's just what it's like how how he is and then if you I don't know don't smile enough on shift you get Mm. pulled aside but you know just because someone's got money they can do that that's it and he splashes cash around and I knew if I complained it wouldn't have done shit he was the lawyer of the owner I I, and I was just part-time cocktail waitress I was nothing I think that was what hurt the most yeah and I, I still think, feel like that I do think that that's something that men maybe don't understand mm. in a way that women do because they they just do well why didn't you tell the police or why didn't you complain or why didn't you mm. hit him or why didn't you and I knew as well it would be this thing of uh I mean this was 10 years ago um, I had, you know, long dyed blonde hair as a cocktail waitress. We got to sort of wear our own thing and I would be yeah, pretty dressed up and they would, it would straight away be, well, what were you wearing or something like that? And it's yeah. just like, fuck you. I can't help it. If I was really fit when I was younger, piss off. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. Um, and he'd obviously, you know, gone around all of the waitresses. I certainly wasn't special. Um, I, so when things like, so when I hear like girls, and women a lot younger than us sort of talking about these things. And I was like, you, you've no idea the, sh- you know, the low level shit we've had to put up with for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't told uh, lived experience. I'm a, I'm a big believer in this is taking a very serious turn, but I've, I've, this, I'm, I'm glad it has. People need to know this shit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that this is, you know, it's, it, it comes up quite often as well with women mm. <clears throat> who've worked hospitality. Certainly, I have got enough horrible stories that I've probably already told. But um, yeah, I think that people need to to hear it and know that, mm. you know, it's not all fixed. Feminism yeah. didn't get fixed when friends ended, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. it. It takes more than a hashtag, I'll say that much, um, to to fix these problems. But um, it's, yeah, always with those jobs. I think it's something about waitressing where you are, what I said at the beginning, almost autonomous. People don't see a person there. It's very much that you are just this thing to be as they want. And I don't know where this culture has come from, but uh, 
that's uh, that's why I think everyone should do it yeah um that's always been my thing this whole sort of thing of you know oh, be kind it's just like why don't you just walk you know in someone else's shoes for a bit and then yeah. carry that through because that'll be far more beneficial than just oh put a tweet out <laughs> yeah that's that's rubbish some of the disgusting things you have to do waitressing as well I will never it is burnt into my mind when I was the cocktail bar it would get pretty rowdy there they'd have a happy hour and people would order so it'd be like two for one on on martinis that people didn't realize how fucking strong they are <laughs> so people are hammered by nine o'clock and um, we didn't have we had a, this crappy little staff room in the basement which didn't have a toilet we had to use the customers toilets and I remember going into one of those cubicles and it was like I was walking into a fucking third world. Um, I couldn't believe what I saw. And I had to go get the manager and I couldn't even tell him what it was. And I was like, I need you to, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm not fucking clearing it up. I'll tell you that much. And the look on his face, he'd, he'd had a bad night, I think. He's a wonderful manager, Andy. He really took great care of me. And um, he sort of saw what it was. I'll put it this way, mate. Things were up the wall that shouldn't have been. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, in the women's toilet as well. And girls, I expect better. I, yeah. I, you know, the lads will just be like, yeah, fucking hell, losers, animals, uh, <laughs> men and dogs. And, then, um, and it was the look in his face. And it was just, it was the straw that broke the camel's back that night. He just sort of dropped his head. It was just like, how did they get it up there? <laughs> oh, and we just had to lock it for the cleaners on Monday. Yeah. Oh God, those poor cleaners. Yeah, the poor, poor cleaners. So when you go out on the Raz as well, just consider that people. You know, we've opened up now. We can do all these things. Just try and keep the shit in the bowl. Yeah. Please stop smearing it on the walls. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, in my mind, that's an active choice. Mm. Like, because yeah. I, <laughs> I have worked in places where. You know, there are very ill people and it, you know, bowel movements mm. can be, mm-hmm. you know, um, not not well contained. And that mm-hmm. is forgivable. Yeah, yeah. Happens but to the best of us as well. It really does. But as a as a nightclub goer, <laughs> <laughs> like at no point has any anybody accidentally smeared shit up a wall. I don't no, know. no. There's also no way that you can angle it and shit be that explosive that you can get it up there. Because it was um, it was about his eye level, and he was about six foot. Wow. Yeah. We just yeah, it was remarkable. Um, oh. he was um, a nice story actually. With that job was uh, a bit of a dark one in terms of world's worst job. It was my favorite waitressing job and my worst um, working at uh, the bar in Covent Garden. Um, I'll, I'll keep his name aside because um, uh, it was a good place and I don't want to get tainted in any way. I um, was doing a shift when I was 21 there and um, my eye had been a bit weird. I'm visually impaired and I can only see out my right eye. It's been like that since my teens. And uh, just throughout the day, everything was getting a little bit darker. And as I was on shift, just kept on happening and happening. It was a dark room anyway. And then within a couple of hours, I was completely blind and, oh, and he had to call me a taxi. And next thing I know, I was uh, having treatment at Moorfields and uh, I couldn't see for the best part of a year. So in terms of well, worst job, that one wins. Although it wasn't the job's fault. It was it was an ongoing eye condition. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, just decided to throw a wobbly and try and ruin my life. Oh, um, my and he managed to get me on a sick pay so that I still had some money coming in because uh, I lost all my income. And uh, had student debts as well. I just finished uni, and um, he kept my job for me. So when I was better, God, about a year and a half later, I could go back and carry on working. Oh, that's nice. There's some good eggs in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, yeah, applaud that man. He's a good person. And yeah. um, having, yeah, I, I don't know how you feel about managers in general, but some, yeah, the pricks and go on power trips, and he was uh, the exception to the rule. That's good. I think a good manager really can make it. It doesn't really matter what the job is to some extent, as long as you, the people you're with and, and the management are uh, sound. Then yeah, yeah. You, know, that you also 
he enjoyed working with me because uh, I trained as an actor. It was before I went to drama school when I worked there, though. You know, I wanted to go into performing. And he said, because uh, what I do is I'd be so polite to customers to their face. Just like, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. You need more ice. It's not cold enough. And then I turn and see him and just go, those bitches want some more fucking ice. What are they like? Eh? <laughs> like your acting ability to just that. <laughs> the fact that it was unnecessary that I had to slag them off. I just did it for my own amusement. <laughs> well you're not get you're not there for the money are you? you're not getting paid great so you gotta get something back also on a good night as well um he would like get us all to do shots and things and that was really good fun and you sort of yeah you get into the vibe of it and things and um uh and all of that so that was good fun yeah I always enjoyed that I remember that um when I first started working in a bar saying I didn't really drink because I didn't and uh, <laughs> my colleagues laughed uh heartily and I, I left that job a drunk like <laughs> you've got to be uh, a serious drinker and then there'll always be after work drinks um mm. always uh parties and things like that it was uh it was a lot of fun as well um yeah. I'm amazed as well I'll uh I won't say too much on it but the amount of so in those jobs I put with more sexual harassment and then when I had to go home late at night my journeys home across all sorts of bits of London on all sorts of night buses. I never, ever experienced any problems. Mm. And I still, I don't know, I don't know what that means, if there's anything in it, but I'm just always amazed at that. Yeah. I never got I, followed, I never got assaulted or mugged or anything. Yeah. That's good. At the job. I put up with all sorts of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so strange, isn't it? Um, mm yeah I don't and know. I would like to say to any young women listening who are in hospitality if they're getting a bit of a shit time tweet me and I'll come down and sort the fuckers out because yeah. I have hardened over the years and learned <laughs> you might not be able to say anything but we can so uh... <laughs> yeah me and Cam don't give a shit anymore man <laughs> yeah. let us know we've we've been through it all <laughs> that pandemic and that lockdown it changed us <laughs> yeah well, that and uh, 10 years of waitressing <laughs> 10 years of waitressing and all I i've got, got to show for it is a knackered knee and me too anecdotes <laughs> yes uh, which men can go oh my god but me and none of my friends would ever do that and you're like mm. well, yeah. you differ. we'll it, see it's fucking some of you isn't it <laughs> Do you know what we saw actually me and my mate Juliet we were having drinks at a Browns on the on the on the South Bank and these guys were being a bit rude to the waitress and we were ready to just ah, get in there and she just turned around and with one comment she just absolutely annihilated them and they pissed themselves laughing and I was like fucking you go girl yes what did she say I can't remember oh no, no I remember actually they asked for another bottle of wine and then they were being really rude and patronizing to her and she goes so what do you want water and they all just, because they were so drunk, they were just all like, Way. I was like, get in there. I was like, make them feel tiny. Yeah. Like they're dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> As well, I think, because uh, when you're young and, mm. you know, uh, the people are treating you like that at work, you haven't had the life experience to understand consequence yet. So <laughs> like, consequences are known. So you're like, oh, my God, I can't say anything because you know I don't know what will happen whereas yeah. at this point now you're like I have said shit back and nothing yeah. happened <laughs> yeah yeah so you can you like I, I know how to handle this better because I'm not scared of the consequences anymore because mm. if they fire me let them fire me you know yeah, I'll, I'll sue them you know you can you know what can happen and it's very limited like what what actually happened would be you humiliated a colleague and he'd be ashamed and probably stop and then that would be it exactly most of the time the consequences will actually go in your favor it yeah. won't be quite as bad as you think you um, don't know that at 16 no you really don't yeah I feel like we should end on on a nice one um I do what, what what's your best job my best job is probably the job I do now I'm I'm a working comedian writer sometimes actor 
I'm very lucky that I get paid to do it sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> occasionally. Um, and yesterday I had um, my uh, debut on a, uh, I can't say which panel uh, radio show, but a, a good comedy one. And um, I've got something coming out uh, featuring on Dave and uh, we're booking and gigging again, which uh, is is pretty special, actually. It's 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 been great although the gigs were really bad during the euros but what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah you live in the dream living the dream so what I do now I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I have have I forgotten any other jobs that I did that I loved no I I, I I've, this is what I've always wanted to do and I made it happen it's but it's anyone listening who thinks that that's not possible it really is you just got to work so hard and sacrifice a lot and do some shit jobs and have no money you eventually get there though yeah <laughs> at <What's>... 34 <laughs> <laughs> well I mean yeah as long as it, it depends on your start doesn't it but um what um what was the best gig oh yeah. There was one in the February, January or February before the first lockdown. It was at the Vauxhall Tavern, um, which is known uh, as an LGBT plus uh, sort of uh, venue. A lot of drag as well, they do. And I was doing a night called um, Hit and Queer. And it was a night that was sort of disabled, queer led. And it was packed out. It was a riot. I smashed it so hard and it was one of those gigs as well where it felt like a sort of this is gonna sound a bit arty and wanky but I, I don't know if you agree you'll sometimes have those gigs and I had it yesterday as well you'll do something you go I'm pleased with what I did and how I came across because that is it was true to me yeah that was that was my voice that's my style that is why I'm I've been aiming towards all these years and it's an incredible feeling of accomplishment and that was one of those nights and it was also yeah. one of those we come off stage and people, strangers, come up to you and say, you were really funny. Yeah. I really liked you. You were great. And there's nothing better. And you have to remember those because chances are you're going to do three gigs and you're going to fucking bomb. And you have to remember that and not remember when things haven't gone your way. Yeah, it's such a, a beautiful moment when you get the one and you're like, that's why I do it. Oh, and I did that's a gig the, the other week and an audience member said that I was stunning. That was my favourite too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Then she said I was fat and I was like, awesome. <laughs> You're right. Yes. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> Basically a goddess. <laughs> oh, well, um, I think that's our time, but it's been lovely chatting to you. What have you got things to plug? It sounds like you have many things to plug. Oh, so many. Um, let's choose every Monday you can listen to me presenting Sounds of the Silver Screen on radio rnib connect radio which i present and look out for me doing some gigs and the other oh yeah and this is i'm i my dulcet tones are on a sh- is on a show called back chat which is going to be on dave online but i don't know when yeah <laughs> so some listen time. out for that <laughs> yeah you when you know i'll know <laughs> <laughs> well if uh, people follow you on your socials I do. I'm at the G Morel. Um, I would have come up with a funnier handle, but I couldn't be fucked. No, that's fair. It's your name. Uh, It's to the point. point. Yeah, the information's there. What more do you want from me? Yeah, (laughs) fuck off. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) A busy woman. Deals to make it hearts to break. (laughs) Get off my back. (laughs) (laughs) Stop going on at me. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you very much for being a guest. Take care. Absolute pleasure. Bye, mate.